Uh, if you ask most uh, teenagers uh, one of the, what is the greatest struggle that most teens are facing today, they're going to say anxiety. Anxiety or depression, uh, but anxiety comes right to the top. If you ask teachers what are young people struggling with today, you're going to hear anxiety. Uh, if you ask young professionals what are you going to be dealing with, it's going to be anxiety. Anxiety is, tends to, 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 to be rising left and right about what people are, are dealing with. Uh, so let me just kind of say on the outset, if one of you here who are struggling with anxiety, I pray you'd be encouraged uh, tonight, uh, maybe, maybe challenged and, and convicted. There are different levels of anxiety and depression. There is general anxiety and, and worry, uh, concern of the things in our day. And then there's things that are, are a little bit, little bit deeper that some, some anxiety uh, is, is, um, is physical, uh, meaning that we have a hard time maybe dealing with some of the anxieties that we have in, in our lives. I, I don't, I don't want to, uh, everything that I'm going to say tonight, um, I'm going to kind of start with a kind of a caveat and saying, you know, we, we need to, to, to learn to live and trust the Lord. I think this passage is going to make that clear. Um, but if, if you feel a greater weight after the end of this message when it comes to your own anxiety, uh, feel free to come talk to me uh, because we don't want you to kind of live in that uh, anxiety. Uh, those of you who uh, are, are interacting with people on a regular basis, this is just a huge issue. So I don't want to say that one uh, passage like this is going to solve every issue that you have with anxiety. Um, so I pray that you would um, find hope in this passage, and maybe the Lord will reveal something in you as we begin. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25, as I said, it says, Therefore I tell you, well, that, that therefore, you have to ask, why is it therefore? A lot of times when we look at this passage on anxiety, we really just focus on anxiety, but we have to connect it to the passage that is above it. So just look back with me in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Right off the bat, what, what, what Jesus is doing there, he's trying to, to get your heart not centered and, and settled on this earth, but having your, your eye for eternity. You want to live with an eternal perspective. You don't want to store for yourself treasures here on earth, which will, will fade away. You want to store for yourself treasures in heaven that will never fade away. You want to live with an eternal perspective. That eternal perspective is key when, it's, when we start dealing with our anxiety. It starts when we think about our money and what we have and what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to, we're going to put on, that not having enough money is going to be a real problem in, in, in some's uh, life. But how we view our money and how we, 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 is our money going to control us or are we going to control our money and use it for God's glory is going to be indicative of, of what's happening in terms of our own anxiety. He continues in verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? How you view this life and what you think about will impact how you live. Uh, so you, if your eyes are, are thinking wrongly, your whole body will start to, to wither, become dark. This is much what we're looking at in Romans chapter 1. So they did not see fit to acknowledge God, so God gave them up to a debased mind. If they're not thinking rightly, they're not thinking rightly about the Lord, it affects our, our lives. And he goes on in verse 24, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. 
So really what, what Jesus is, is kind of that, that runway, that, that, that runway that he's getting to is so that you think about your own anxiety is directly related to who you worship. Because he's talking about here, you don't want to worship money, you want to worship the Lord. That's why he says, therefore I tell you. There's this transition. You cannot serve both God and money, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious. There's, there's a command because the command is, are you going to worship God and God alone or are you going to have your hearts bowed down to the things of this earth? So, verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Do not worry about your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, what you will put on is not your life more than food and the body more than clothing. Uh, when I was a college student, um, I often did not know how I was going to pay rent. Uh, so I was, uh, played football, University of Pennsylvania. Um, they did not pay for all my schooling. Um, they kind of gave me a lot of my tuition, but I still had to come up with a lot of um, money for my rent and for food. Uh, so I, I worked three different jobs when I was in college. And there would be oftentimes, uh, it would be the 29th or the 30th of the month, and I had no idea how I was going to make rent. I had no idea some days, how, how am I going to eat this, this week? And almost to a T, every time, my grandmother would send me a check and say, hey, Dave, I was just thinking about you. Here's $100. Yes, grandmother, right? Or my, my buddy would say, hey, my dad has this catering business, and he needs somebody else to work for him this Saturday night. I'll take that shift. It just happened so, freak, so frequently and so common that every time I was worried about money, I would just be like, okay, Lord, how are you going to do it this time? It didn't mean that I was passive and that I just kind of waited for God to kind of fall money out of the sky. Oh, grandma's checks were nice. That, that was that case. But oftentimes I was, I was able to get more jobs or, or work harder to be able to get the money that I needed. I just had to be aware of that. Uh, so what I, what I think this, this idea of this passage is here is that there are things that we have to be concerned with. If you are a parent, uh, you have to be able to pay your rent. You have to be able to pay for uh, your, your electricity, your, your gas bill. You have to provide clothing for, for your children. Those are legitimate concerns. I don't think Jesus is saying, have no forethought, have no planning. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, don't be worried about it. Why? Look, look what it says in verse, the end of verse 25. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than, than they? So what Jesus is saying here is, listen, I, I know that you, you have to be concerned with what you eat. You have to be concerned with where you sleep and, and what you, your, your clothes and what you, what you put on. You have to be concerned about it, but you can't be mastered by them because God's going to take care of you. And he stops for a second. He says, you, you, you see the birds? Just look at them. Look at the birds of, of the air. Those words are, are work words. Uh, neither, they, they neither sow nor reap. That's really what, what human beings were doing in, in the day. They sow, they, they reap their harvest, and they gather that into barns. And they're saying, listen, the birds of the air don't do all that you do. And yet, what happens? Your heavenly Father feeds them. They have everything that they need. So, so look, look at the birds, and God's taking care of them. If, if God's taking care of the birds, don't you think he's going to take care of you? It's, it's a very simple illustration from nature. Uh, Ellen and I were 24, we were newly married, and we went to a retreat uh, through Young Life, and 
all the leaders that were there, it was about maybe 25 or, or so people. And out of nowhere, this woman just starts singing. His eye is on the sparrow. And we had no idea what was going on, but this rendition of his eye was on the sparrow probably lasted for about 15 minutes. I mean, there was a lot of, eyes on the sparrow. Whoa. And we, we're sitting there, and we had no idea. This is the first time I've ever sang in the pulpit, I think. Um, it, it, was, it was so strange. We didn't really know what to do. Like, no one knew who this woman was. She just got up and started singing. And I'll never forget that moment in my life. Um, but I'll also never forget that message, right? His eye is on the sparrow. So he's, he's going to take care, take care of me. And hopefully you'll never forget that either. Um, but this is what Jesus is trying to get at. He's trying to see, look at nature. This is the kind of what I've been talking about on, on Sunday morning, is that the, the Lord has shown himself in the created world. His divine, his invisible attributes, his divine power, uh, and his, uh, his eternal power and divine nature are clearly seen in the things that are made. So listen, study nature and look at how the world, how God has ordered the world and then you should not be anxious. Why? Because if the, if the birds are being fed, you will be too. God will take care of you. Now, he keeps on going on, just giving it a, a very honest question. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? So not only does, there's no reason for you to worry about your life, is because God, if God takes care of, of the sparrow, he's going to take care of you. So he, that there's one reason. Another reason why you, you shouldn't worry about your your life, what you eat, what you're going to put on, what you're going to wear, uh, is, is because by worrying, you can't add a single hour to your life. God has allotted us to live a certain amount of time. We live for the days that the Lord give, gives us, maybe 70 or years of strength, 80, Psalm 90 says, and then we return to dust, and we return to, our spirit returns to the Lord. So how is worrying going to help you? Now here's the, here's the challenge. I am not given to worry. Like my personality, maybe it's because of the things I mentioned even when I was in college, I'm just not really given to worry. I'm more of a carefree kind of guy and this is kind of how my personality is. And sometimes when I think and talk about the idea of anxiety, people look at, well, Dave, you don't struggle with this. And therefore, I can't maybe speak into this maybe in in an in interpersonal, relational uh, type setting. But let me just say this. Worrying does not do you any good. By worrying, by being anxious, you cannot add a single hour to your life. The, the, the mental space that you put in, in thinking about all the potential what-ifs that are going to happen down the road are actually draining you and robbing you of what's happening right in, in front of you. I think that's what Jesus is trying to get at. By worrying for what's going to happen in the future, it's not going to add any benefit to your life. It's not going to lengthen your day, so, so why, why do it? That doesn't mean that you're not going to fight against that worry. You know, everyone has different struggles. I have my own struggles, you have your struggles, and if your struggle is worry and fear and anxiety, you're going to struggle with that, but you have to fight and trust the Lord as this passage says. And Jesus keeps on going on. He says, and why are you anxious about clothing? Again, there's another consider. So consider the lilies of the field. So the first, look at the birds of the air. Now he gives us a second illustration. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. 
They neither toil nor spin. Same kind of a language of them maybe using a spinning wheel in the house. They're not working. They're just existing. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. These, these, are, these, these flowers, these lilies are, are beautiful. And they have done nothing to be that way. God has just allowed them to, to, to be that way. In verse 30, But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? You see what he's, he's, he's turning it. You, you see the lilies. The lilies are being taken care of. Look at how beautiful they are. God's going to take care of you. And when you don't think he's going to take care of you, what Jesus is saying is, is you're lacking faith. You're lacking faith in him. And look what he says next. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Now hear me, for the Gentiles seek after these things. So basically what he's saying is if you are given to worry and anxiety about what's going to come, what you, the way you are living is like a Gentile or someone who does not know God. If you're riddled with all the things that are going to be concerning all these things down, down the way, in that moment, you're not acting like a Christian. You're not putting your faith in a loving, caring, heavenly Father who sent his Son to live and to die for you and to be raised from the dead to solve your greatest problem in sin and death. He's given you the victory there. In that moment, when you're worried about what's going to come, you are acting and living like a non-believer. I'm not saying you are a non-believer, but if you're living with anxiety and fear and worry about what is going to come in that moment, you're acting as if God is not trustworthy. I mean, I say this all the time, but God is sovereign. He's powerful. God is wise. He knows what he's doing, and he's good. He's trustworthy. This is why Jesus says, when he thinks about even us as earthly fathers, he says, listen, uh, uh, what father in this world, when, when a son asks for a piece of bread, he's going to give him a snake? If you, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more your heavenly father knows how to give good gifts to you? We have to trust that God is good and that he loves us and that he'll care for us. Now, we have those moments when we doubt that God's going to do that. But we have to realize that when we doubt that God's going to be there for us, be there for us that's actually sin. It's undermining his character. You cannot serve both God and money. So, so where are you going to find joy? It's because I have a bigger bank account, therefore I don't have to worry about where my next meal is going to come from. Is your hope in that bank account? No, your hope has to be in God. God's going to provide for you. Yes, God sometimes provides you with money, checks from grandma to take care of you, right? But at the end of the day, are you trusting in the Lord? For the Gentiles seek after these things. I mean, the Gentiles are living in that frantic pace, trying to meet all their needs without trusting in God's hand. And this is what Jesus says, your heavenly father knows that you need them all. You know, oftentimes in my, in my, in my own prayer life, I'll just pray something very basic. Lord, I have no idea what to do in this situation, but you know, will you be there with me? Father, you know. Sometimes it's just that simple. And again, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an interesting guy because I this is going to sound weird, but don't take it that way. Sometimes I don't think deeply. (Laughter) 
Sometimes situations come up and I just don't think about them that much. And I just kind of move on because there's nothing that I can do about it. So dwelling on it, you know, sometimes that can make an interesting marriage conversation, right? Because uh, I'm not showing, uh, maybe over, being overwhelmed by a certain situation because there's just nothing I can do to think about it, so I'm just not going to. That's just, that's just me, okay? I'm not saying that's the best way to do it, okay? But it's, it has helped me make it through much of life. Um, this has gone off the rails. Um, this is what the command, right, is to consider the field, consider the lilies of the field, consider the sparrow, the birds. In verse 33, this is the command, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So the, 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 the thing that we have to do most anything else is not worry about what's going to come, is to seek Christ today, is to trust Christ today, and lean into Christ today, seek his kingdom today, serve him today. And his, righteous, and his righteousness. We want to be righteous in our own, our own conduct. You know, in, in life, there's always going to be choices that we're going to have to make. And in those moments, are we going to trust God, his word, or are we going to trust other things? And as we've even going through Romans chapter 1, when we trust other things, that's idolatry. When we trust anything or anyone more than God, that's idolatry. And this is passage is about trusting money more than God. Are you going to trust the, the stuff more than the Lord? Is, are you, the fact that you don't have the things that you want, is that going to control or consume you? Again, he's just talking here about basic bare necessities, right? He's just just, just the, your food, your clothing, and, and, your, uh, and your, your shelter. But there's a lot of other things that we get anxious about that we can't control, whether that's big things like whether or not we're able to conceive a child, or find a spouse, uh, or the, 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 whether a member of our family has, has cancer, if it's benign or malignant. There's a lot of things in life that we just can't control. Those things are, are there. But you can't control them. You can't worry about all those things that are going to be coming down the pipeline and all the what-ifs, because God is going to be there for you. He is sovereign, he is good, and he is wise. Verse 24, 34, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Again, if you just keep back, go back and read this section, there's a lot of do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. It's repeated three times because he does not want you to be anxious. Because he wants you to trust the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that's easy, but I, he's given you good reasons to. Look at the natural order. I take, care, I take care of that. Do you guys know, I think I said this recently to a group of students, I said, do you, do you know that I think one of the reasons why God makes this, has made the world the way it is, how it spins and it, it looks to us that the sun is rising every morning? I think that's just God's kindness to us because the sun will come up tomorrow. God's mercies are new every morning. When we think life is going to Un, like our, our lives are going to fall apart with everything we have going on. We just need to remember that the sun is going to come up. It's just the way God has, has made it. You know, I, I, I have lots of things in my life, lots of things on my plate. Uh, I probably uh, overschedule my, myself. I probably do too much. Many of you have told me so, uh, and you're right. And there's times when I do get filled with being overwhelmed with how am I going to do all that I have on my plate. And what I do in that moment 
is I don't do more, I do nothing. I actually go outside and I just sit. Lay in my hammock, I just sit for 30 minutes and I just look at nature. I watch the the leaves fall out of the tree. I watch the, the, the wind blow the branches. And then I get up after 30 minutes and I realize the world has not fallen apart because the world does not depend upon Dave Keene. I am not God. There is one God, and I am not him. This helps me so much in my life. And I'm not saying that I'm not going to have those moments when anxiety and things will tend to rise, and there's things at times you got to get things done. I'm not, I'm not saying that. And I think that all of us are, are different, but I, I promise you, the more time you look at how God is in control of this world, you will have less stress and less anxiety. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I hope that you got there, that, that right there at the end. Sufficient it, for the day is its own trouble. Guys, today has trouble. There's things that you have to do today. You have to do laundry today. You got to cut the grass today. You got to write the report today. You got to read the book today. You got to do that stuff today. Every day has its own trouble. So, so worry about the stuff that you have today. I'm not saying don't plan for the future. That's not what I'm saying. But you can't control tomorrow. But when tomorrow becomes today, you'll have trouble. So just take care of that trouble today. And don't let tomorrow rob you of, of, of doing the work today. Now, I, I don't know where all your, what all the different things that you guys are dealing with, but I promise you, I have seen too many people waste time and energy thinking about things that will never come to pass. Most of our fears and our worries and the things that we are anxious about are, have a really, really small probability of happening. We just have to trust the Lord today. And again, I've already said it, the reason why we can trust the Lord is because he sent us Jesus. If God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not graciously with him give us all things? Do you think that God would be so capricious to give you his son, to give you salvation, to give you eternal inheritance, to give you a promise of joy forevermore, and then not give you what you need in this life? That's just not who our God is. Now, he may not give you everything that you want, but he knows best. And when he doesn't give it to you, it's for our good. So, do not be anxious. Trust the Lord. He is good. He is sovereign. And he is wise. Father, you are good. You are sovereign. You are wise. I pray that we would believe it. God, for those uh, dear brothers and sisters who may struggle with anxiety, I pray that they would not feel even more anxious from this message and hear more weight of guilt of what they're not doing but God, that they would realize that you love them. That you love them so, so much. And you just want to be there for them. So God, I pray that they, they would learn to trust you more and more each day. And when those thoughts assail them, those anxious, anxious thoughts and that worry tends to rise, I pray, God, that you'd allow them to look to your world and realizing that this world is under your control and that we were going to be okay. God, we pray that we would be people of much faith. 
so that when those who see us, they wouldn't see us like the Gentiles, but they see us as faithful believers seeking after your kingdom and your righteousness. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.